Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to another episode of Drive Under the Basket. My name is Mike, your host, and I hope you are all having a great day. So not much of a preamble here. This is going to be an episode about Jaden Ivey's 2022-2023 rookie season. Consider doing Jalen Duran as well, but it would have made this episode, I think, pretty long. Also, I tend to do a lot of research, and it just turned into a super, super busy day. Wouldn't have had time to do that research on Duran and still have a hope of getting to sleep at a reasonable hour. So let's head straight into it. And I apologize if this turns a little bit into stat soup. There are going to be a lot of stats here, and I'll try to keep them organized. And yeah, let's uh, let's not worry about that. So Jaden Ivey, 74 games played this season, started in 73 of them, averaged 31 minutes per game. Stats about 16 and a half points, four rebounds, five assists. Averaged about five free throw attempts per game. Shooting splits 41 and a half from the field, 34.5-ish percent from three, and about 75% from the free throw line. Averaged about three and a half personal fouls per game, 46% of the season from two, 53% true shooting, 48% effective field goal percentage. Shot about 37.5% on two and a half catch and shoot attempts per game, uh, close to 30.5%, not so great on about 2.5 pull-up attempts per game. So pretty decent on catch and shoot, pretty bad on pull-ups. 36% mark on wide open threes, which is acceptable, but not great. And a vast majority of those were, were above the break opportunities. And uh, just to address a misconception, corner threes are not inherently more accurate just because there's a slightly shorter distance to the basket. It's just that they're very, very, they're very often, much more often above the break opportunities, completely uncontested. That probably plays the largest part. Uh, and when it came to Ivy's three-point opportunities, this is something I still don't understand about him. He did the same thing at Purdue. He often just spotted up from well beyond the three-point line, which uh, I got to think increases the degree of difficulty. So kind of struggled as a creator overall. Had a tough time when he held down to the ball for more than a couple seconds. About 58% of effective field goal percentage, which is which is you know good for that. You know, it's just largely a finisher when he held down to the ball for less than two seconds. That dropped to about 43%, which is bad when he held on to it more than that though that doesn't account of course for possessions that ended in free throws 41 percent on pull-up twos though he improved a lot of those on those in the second half of the season he took a lot of them and only about 45 percent on driving layups which you know you would think would ostensibly be a strength you know being as athletic as he is but he sort of struggled about 43rd in the league in free throw attempts per game for you know among players who played at least half the season you know one more free throw attempt per game would have made him 26th so was very, very good as a rookie at getting to the free throw line. Really fearless at attacking, highly athletic, the sort of player really refs will favor when it comes to getting to the line. So uh, all those stats aside, it was really a tale of two halves of the season for Ivy. He really made a great deal of progress as the season went on. First half of the season, not so great. Second half, much, much improved. So first half of the season, about 15 points per game, four assists, four rebounds. Uh, pretty poor splits from the field, about 41% overall, 31.5 from three, 72 from the line for a, a field goal percentage, excuse me, true shooting percentage of 51%, which is well below league average. And yeah, uh, in terms of catch and shoots, was by a little bit below average and 36.6%, bad 25% from pull-ups, only about 32.5% on open and uh, wide open threes overall. The pull-ups, of course, brought that down, bad on pull-up twos. Uh, really bad again when he when he held onto the ball for more than a couple seconds, and pretty bad in between game overall. Really bad through close coverage. Kind of a player who is raw, exuberant, but really and really, really, really still adjusting. 
Second half of the season, much better. So averages went up to about 17.5 points per game, four rebounds still, 6.5 assists up from four. His splits went up to 42.5% from the field, close to 36.5% from three, and about 77.5% from the free throw line. True shooting percentage, 54.5%, which is, you know, pretty decent. Uh, assist rate, you know, six percentage, excuse me, improved uh, by about 50%. Uh, Catch-and-shoot threes, really shooting from everywhere improved. 38% on catch-and-shoots, 35% on pull-ups, which is, was a drastic improvement. Uh, close to 40% on wide-open threes. Uh, pull-up two is 46%, you know, not necessarily, not quite at the efficiency threshold, but much, much better. You know, that was that was a tremendous improvement, especially for a guy who had no in-between game in, in college and, and really in his first half of his rookie season in the NBA. Uh, did much better uh, when he... Uh, Excuse me, just his efficiency when, when he was creating offense went up quite a bit. Uh, his you know, improved a great deal on floaters. He shot not on high volume, but he shot about 50, 56.5% on floaters in, in the second half of the season. Again, much improved through close coverage. You could see things really slowed down for him. You could see him just get better at reading the game. Uh, just kind of showed more veterancy. Very, very raw in the first half, uh, but grew a lot over the course of the season. And he held steady across the course of the season at about... 60-ish percent, a little bit above 60% of his offense being unassisted, which is a, a significant amount, needless to say. So, yeah, I was, was very impressed at his improvement across the course of the season. You know, if we're talking about, you know, we can separate this out and just, uh, you know, the good and the bad. So good is just a lot of improvement, playmaking improvements. Uh, like I said, the game really slowed down for him. He became much better at judging how to make the right pass, when to make the right pass. Parlayed his gravity into passes, got much better at that across the course of the season, and really adopted the primary playmaking role in, in the second half of the season. Though, you know, it should be noted, he's more of kind of a, a driving kick guy than an orchestrator, kind of floor general like Cade, you know, which is fine for, you know, what I think will be, you know, is I think he'll be the secondary playmaker behind Cade. Shooting improvement, a lot of that, especially in his form by the end of the season, he was taking some, you know, honest to goodness catch and shoot threes with good form. His just dedication to improving is is very, very noticeable. I mean, he's, he's a guy who's pretty harsh on himself. He seems to have a great work ethic. Uh, harsh on yourself isn't always good, but let's just say he was very vocal about the areas of his game in which he felt that he was not doing well. And, and just super, super hard worker by all accounts off the court, super, super hard worker on the court. And just a an absolute team focus and doesn't seem to really have anything when it comes to ego. Uh, seems to really love Cade, look forward to playing more with him. And so, you know, you, you always like to see a rookie improve this much across the course of the rookie season. And just you kind of catch glimpses about what Ivy can be. And then I'll talk about that uh, a little bit later. So when it comes to the bad, still raw on the drive. He really struggled there. And, and I'll talk to the, I'll talk about this more. You know, when I come to, you know, the concerns that he addressed and, and did not address, because I, I had quite a bit in the way of concerns about Ivy coming into his rookie season, you know, after the draft. Ivy was kind of like my 1B behind Benedict Matherin, who was sort of my 1A in the 2022 draft. I wasn't unhappy that Ivy was selected. He just, at the time, I felt that he had a lesser chance of providing equal value to Matherin next to Cade. But, uh, you know, Ivy did address a lot of my concerns. So... Shooting consistency, 
I'm talking more on a game-to-game level. Ivy would have some very bad games and some very good games, and often, you know, not much, very much in between that. He did stay consistent, pretty consistent month-to-month, which was not a good thing early, but was quite a bit better as, as the season wore on. He did shoot 42% in February, but uh, yeah, in March, 35%, 38% in April. So uh, I guess not necessarily great consistency month-to-month, but just from game-to-game. Uh, late in the season, he had uh, a very good stretch in which you know he shot consistently well from three. But on the whole... You just never knew exactly what you were going to get from Jaden on a night-to-night basis as a shooter. And again, form concerns. He corrected those a lot over the course of the season. I'd still love to see him take those threes from right behind the line rather than, you know, like two or three feet behind the line. But who knows? Maybe that's his thing. But definitely something for him to work on. His free throw percentage, which again improved over the course of the season, but in this day and age... Like uh, a player in the 70s, even in the high 70s, especially a guy who's taking free throws on volume, you're leaving a fair amount of points on the table. And again, Ivy could be fairly inconsistent. So it's something else to work on. That was something that he had issues with at Purdue as well. You want to hit those free throws, needless to say. Those are as close to free points as it comes. And finally, defense. Now, this was a great struggle for Jaden on defense and he knows it he basically came out and said that his defense was shit and he was super unhappy about it he said that after the season he was a guy who at times was literally spinning around on defense trying to figure out what to do it's just his awareness and again you could chalk this up he's a rookie shouldn't draw any conclusions from that beyond that he's starting at a fairly low point his awareness his decision making ability it's certainly not for lack of effort i mean the guy worked hard he does there's no area of his game in which he does not work hard it was a matter of making the right reads and decisions. He wasn't bad at it, per se, at Purdue. You know, he struggled to a degree as a pick-and-roll defender, but, you know, he wasn't a guy like, I don't know, Marvin Bagley, for example, whom I know I treat as kind of the poster child, at least on the team, or just a poster child for the NBA at large, of a guy who just doesn't have it. You know, who, it's not about rawness. A guy who is just is a bad, bad defender who just can't make those right, the right decisions at uh, the lightning fast speed that the NBA game requires, but also couldn't do it in the NCAA. Again, Bagley was so bad on defense that Krzyzewski at Duke had to protect him by playing zone. Uh, the Kings picked him anyway. I mean, he was remarkably bad on defense in, in the NCAA, and after season five in the NBA, he still sucks. He's improved a little bit as a drop defender, for example, and he's fairly good at sticking with guys. He just, he'll make mistakes inevitably, uh, and, and a lot of them. And it's real tough for a defense to to function with him on the floor. And my goodness, don't play him in the postseason. That would be incredibly ugly. And so in the postseason, your weaknesses get attacked, and he would just get absolutely eviscerated. But your weaknesses get attacked more directly, put it that way. There are just some guys who can play in the regular season who you'll never put on the floor in, in, in the postseason. So anyway, I don't, I don't think Ivy is in that category. Again, he was more of just a below average NCAA defender. I don't think he lacks the ability to process. I think hopefully that will improve in time. And athleticism and effort, they can't replace smarts. You've got to have the smarts, at least to some degree, but they can help compensate. So this is all this is just to say that I'm not worried. He was definitely completely like Ivy was a lot of flack as his rightly thrown in, in the direction of Boyan Bogdanovich for his own poor defense. But Ivy was the chief defender, the chief, chief defender, chief offender in terms of defense. He was just very, very bad at knowing where to go, how to rotate, where to be. You know, just not make mistakes in all-ball defense. 
just uh, again there were there were cases in which he was basically just the deer in the headlights and had no idea what to do and give him time let him study his film let him season himself to the nba game and and we'll see where it goes you know it's it's not a story you're writing and it's not like again bagley who was horrible in the ncaa and came in and was horrible in his rookie season on defense and then of course was horrible in his sophomore season in the nba on defense and then was just horrible in his fifth season so not really coming in with quite the same concerns but uh, on the whole for the season the team was a lot worse with ivy on the floor it was worst in, in terms of on off that didn't really improve but in the second half of the season it became a little more difficult to separate the wheat from the chaff so to speak because he was playing with increasingly horrible lineups the bench for the pistons actually wasn't bad a starting lineup that was the real offender and uh, it definitely didn't help <laughs> again that like the bench was okay the starting lineup was very weak and as the season went on and you had Wiseman starting and then worse you had Wiseman and Bagley starting but the defense was at a, at its worst with Ivy on the floor it wasn't really all that much better the offense was excuse me the offense wasn't was also a little bit worse with him on the floor but it was mainly the defense and that included stretches when Boyan wasn't there I mean bad defenders if you have a couple of bad defenders in the floor they'll kind of compound each other of course <laughs> those hideous lineups like uh, I, I like to say and I say this half jokingly that the real punishment last season wasn't my goodness what I'm saying I like to say whatever this is just a joke that I've made I guess that's that the real punishment last season wasn't really the 17 wins it was having to watch Marvin Bagley and James Wiseman start together uh, so that was just three really bad defenders in the floor together at the same time uh, not ideal you can kind of certainly in a regular season you can hide one bad defender but uh, those were real tank lineups to say the least it was mostly Wiseman and Bagley just being an incredibly ugly duo. And I hope we never, ever see that again. So that was the bad. I would say the good outweighed the bad. And uh, Ivy gave a lot to be excited for. And if you can just continue to make progress on offense and, you know, and button things up a little bit on defense, then which could certainly, I'd say, happen as, as soon as next season. We'll be in good shape. So I want to talk about the concerns I had about Ivy coming into the season. The concerns I had when I was doing draft analysis two summers ago. So in no particular order, uh, the willingness and the ability to make the right reads and passes. And this was always going to be important. This is important for any player who is going to be on the ball a fair amount. Any player is going to be attacking the rim quite a bit, as Avi did. Uh, you also see this with players like Jalen Green, for example, for whom this is still a question. Uh, I mean, Jalen is quite a bit better than Avi at this point uh, at, and, and was, I believe, even in his rookie season at attacking the rim, which is fine. I think Jalen is, is a very, very talented scorer. But there's still the question, like, can you take advantage of the gravity you're creating to hit open teammates? Like, can you capitalize upon that? And also, do you know when to make the right pass so that you're not just taking a bad shot? Because then you're just a black hole. You're really hurting your efficiency. You're hurting the offense. That, that's not a good thing. So I had those questions about Ivy based on his performance at Purdue. He largely answered those as the season wore on. Again, I think that he's going to be more of kind of like just a a direct here, this guy is open. I'm going to kick the ball to him, sort of passer versus a floor general like Cade, who's going to be thinking several moves ahead and just much better able to conduct the offense, you know, much better able to, to generate opportunities. And that's fine. I think Ivy is, is just going to be more of a secondary playmaker and, and that's okay. I think there's just an important distinction between those two, but he was certainly willing to make the right pass. He improved a great deal across the course of the season at making those reads off the drive, finding the open man, 
and like particularly in the later stages of the season. Like that game against uh, against the Heat late in the season was really his magnum opus on the season, in my opinion. And I remember one play in which he almost just kind of used the way that he was moving and the threats. I can't remember exactly what it was, but uh, yeah, I don't know why I got onto that. Basically, he he just got better at better and better at, at parlaying his ability on at least the gravity he attracted on the drive. Because again, he kind of struggled at actually scoring at the rim, but you couldn't ever leave him open. Like if you left him an open lane, of course, this guy is one of the most explosive players in the NBA. He's going to get to the rim and score. So he got help thrown at him quite a bit. And he was really able to take advantage of that. And that was great to see. Uh, Also, like there were some worries on on my part that he would want to be the guy, would want to be basically playing a point guard role, a primary handler role. Uh, I I don't think that's really a concern anymore, but it was kind of like, is he going to be a guy who really just needs to be on the ball? And, uh, you know, but can't really make those reads and passes, can't really take advantage of his gravity. And nope, willing passer, made decent reads. You know, I think we'll be fine at, at parlaying his gravity into opportunities for others. And definitely not a black hole. Uh, his shooting, which was pretty bad at Purdue despite the percentage. Like, it was really inflated in his sophomore season at Purdue by a couple of big games early in the season. And then in the last, like, 13 games, counting the NCAA tournament, he shot, like, like 25% or something like that. So, really improved as a shooter. Again, the consistency is still not great, but in the second half of the season, I mean, at least his percentages were pretty good, especially on wide open threes, getting close to, he got close to 40%. The pull-up three at 35% uh, on pull-ups. I mean, you see a guy like uh, Luca, for example, I believe was at 34% from three last season because he took a massive volume of pull-up threes. On pull-up, pull-up threes are just naturally going to be less efficient than catch and shoot threes but they're a great tool to have both so that you can just take that pull up three and also because opponents are really going to have to respect you Uh, they're going to have to play you more closely and that just makes it easier for you to get past them especially if you're a guy like ivy who has a great first step and if he can really make those pull up threes from a few feet behind the line i mean so much the better form still needs a bit of work like uh, we saw him i remember in game 82 against the bulls I saw him, I was like, man, Ivy just took the ball in a catch and shoot, and he his form looked really good. He didn't have that hitch. So he improved his form across the course of the season. Seems to be working on it this summer as well. I think he'll get there in terms of consistency. But I think he'll be a reliable shooter, which is super important, of course, in terms of you know both just being an effective NBA scorer, but also playing off the ball next to Cade or next to whomever. We also saw from Ivy some intriguing actions in which he came off of off-ball screens to get the ball and shoot a three. And if he can be that sort of motion shooter, I mean, he is a very explosive off-ball mover. I mean, that just opens up all sorts of possibilities in a, in a new dimension to his game. If he can reliably do that and also, you know, shoot threes as a catch-and-shoot guy and continue to improve upon his performance in the second half of the season as a pull-up guy from two, then, and, you know, of course, you're also going to want that off-the-drive game. But, I mean, you have the makings of a dangerous player there. So that, that was uh, that was definitely intriguing. Uh, speaking of his in-between game, that was another concern because it was absolutely and utterly and completely horrible in his sophomore season at Purdue. Like, genuinely terrible. And he made a ton of progress on that across the course of the season. Again, second half of the season, about 46% on pull-up twos. You know, well into the mid-50s on floaters, lower volume. But, you know, it's there. That just opens up all sorts of opportunities for you. Both in that opponents, again, just they, they can't leave you open. 
if you're going to be able to pull up from two and do that at a good percentage, it's just a good weapon to have in general as a creator. And yeah, it's, uh, it's just, it's also going to make it easier for you to get to the basket. So great to see his attitude is a question mark to me coming out, coming out of Purdue. Uh, that definitely uh, is not a concern anymore. Like I said before, it seems to have a great attitude, hardworking, team focused, improvement focused. Uh, it seems to be really a model guy in terms of his efforts and, and really just seems to only care about the team rather than about his own personal stats. Not a surprise given Weaver's focus on character in retrospect. And his fit with Cade, which was a big, big concern for me coming into the season. Uh, not a concern anymore. Not just because he loves Cade. Though by all accounts, they're pretty close. And he's really looking forward to playing with Cade. His shooting has much improved. Again, I, I just my concerns were, can he do it off the ball? Like, can he provide good value if he's not on the ball? That was the thing with Matherin. It's like, and Matherin wasn't a good three-point shooter this season, but he was in college. And it's like, as Matherin is just a considerably stronger off-ball player, he has a lower ceiling than Ivy, but is he going to be able to have a greater chance of providing value, the same amount of value or greater value than Ivy playing next to Cade? Ivy really dispelled a lot of my concerns as far as that fit goes in terms of his uh, acuity off the ball. Shooting much improved at willing and very aggressive off-ball mover. Not all guys are aggressive off-ball movers, including at you know very very. There's some very very good athletes who are just not aggressive off-ball movers. That's a skill. So yeah, can hit those threes if he can hit those motion threes. Great. Is content to not be on the ball all the time. So and, and just yeah, just going back to that off-ball movement, it can create opportunities in its own way because if you're able to beat your defender off the ball, then. You know, that's just a, another helpful way of breaking down a defense, whether you get an opportunity or not. So he really needs to be chased around. If he can get the ball or cut or whatever, gives an opportunity to attack or pass, which he's willing and able to do. It's those actions in the NBA when you can just get the drive and kick and kick and kick and break down the defense to the point where you get a wide open three or, or an open opportunity at the basket. That's what it's all about. So just that ability to move frenetically and explosively off the ball, you know, is... is uh, his, his acceleration, his, his very high top speed, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, concerns he didn't address. The rawness off the drive. Really needs to work on his approach and pick his roots and rely a lot less on pure athleticism than he did at Purdue. His real signature move at Purdue was he would turn the corner on a bad NCAA defender going to the right, and he would score at the rim before the help could get there. Not going to fly in the NBA, where defenses and defenders are just drastically better. So he's explosive, of course, and he's fast, of course, but he got stopped easily, ran into coverage, and generally that was that. He's not very shifty necessarily in the ball, more of just a, an explosive straight line driver. Not many moves, though, again, he always attracted gravity. But his, like, he attempted less shots at the rim as the season went on, just turned more to his in-between game. I think defenses really kind of a, just got the picture on him and adapted, and He's just not great at getting through one-on-one -on -one coverage. You know, he's uh, that, that's something he needs to prove, improve upon. But I, I think he really needs to improve upon his ability to make decisions on the fly, you know, on the drive in terms of seems to just pick a route and go for it. And you got to be able to adapt it, you know, to what the defense is throwing at you on any given possession. Better spacing, of course, will help. He was playing in lineups that had horrible spacing for the most part because they always had, at the very least, Jalen Duren who doesn't shoot the ball, of course, traditional big, and Killian Hayes, who, but for a short stretch of the season, was a bad three-point shooter. He was also playing alongside uh, post-shoulder injury Isaiah Stewart, who shot 
deserted him. And so, you know, more or less, there were stretches of the season. <laughs> no, then he got to play next to Bagley and Wiseman and Killian. So the spacing was horrible. And greater spacing will help. And Ivy attacking from off the ball will also help. Whereas he was forced pretty much to attack from on the ball into, uh, into a clogged lane this season. So I think he'll improve in terms of his ability to process off the drive. But he'll also just have much easier opportunities. And his opportunities this season were just not good. Also didn't help that Dwayne Casey a lot of the time. It was like, well, here, Jaden, take a pick and uh, just drive in. And we can't really space the floor for you. But good luck. So I think it was a combination of those factors. But Ron is off the drive still there. And I wasn't like greatly concerned about his defense coming out of Purdue. That really wasn't one of my primary concerns. Um, but if we just want to call it a minor one, then yeah, that's, that's something he still needs to work on. So in terms of finally what he told us about his outlook as a player, I think... A secondary creator, a secondary playmaker, you know, should be, he gave some glimpses of being a strong creator, potential three-level scorer. Again, the drive games, I thought that the drive game would be stronger at the NBA level and that his shooting be more of an issue, but it turned out that he improved a lot as a shooter, improved a lot as his in-between game and struggled on the drive, but he gets that together and then just continues his improvement uh, as an in-between shooter and uses his improvement, you know, maintains his improvement as a catch-and-shoot guy. And as a, as a pull-up shooter from three, and you've got a potential three-level scorer there, highly athletic three-level scorer, who's, you know, then that's a difficult player to stop and, uh, you know, should provide good value off the ball as well. And yeah, catch-and-shoot stuff, that's that's not creation, obviously. I was talking about his pull-up game from, uh, from the perimeter. And I don't think that he'll be able to capitalize on it quite a bit, uh, quite as much, excuse me, as far as, you know, breaking down opposing defenses and, and as a playmaker as much as Cade, but Cade is like a super, super high IQ guy. So that's that, that's kind of an unfair comparison to make. In terms of his defense, I mean, like I said, athleticism and effort can help. See Reggie Jackson in, in his first season with the Pistons, who also, despite having asthma, which uh, which definitely uh, limited his, his bandwidth, so to speak, and playing very heavy minutes and playing very heavy high usage role on offense, was able to be maybe a, only a slightly below average guy, thanks to his athleticism and effort. Also, his length. Uh, Reggie Jackson has a ridiculous wingspan for his size. I think Ivy's is like six eight or six nine, uh, though I don't think we ever found out for sure. Reggie Jackson is six foot two without shoes and has a seven foot wingspan. I mean that that's just pretty insane. It was, he was never good on the defensive awareness side of things, but he managed in that season before injuries really sapped him of a lot of his athleticism to be just sort of a an acceptable presence on defense. Certainly not good, but you know not a liability. Just a, again. A below average but acceptable defender so ivy has that going for him and uh, like i said before i'm really just not drawing conclusions on the basis of his defense in his rookie season it would have been great if he'd come in and look solid but uh, i'm not really feeling concerned about it so yes yeah, it's just as far as that outlook yeah it just looks to be uh, i think could be a strong scorer a strong creator a solid enough playmaker and in a solid fit with kate cunningham which remains a very very important factor so in, in terms of a season on the whole, I'll just separate it out into two halves, you know, like I did with, with just the overall analysis. I'd give him probably a C plus or, you know, maybe even like if we're judging this, even on the basis of rookies, like a C plus maybe in, in the first half of the season because he really struggled on offense and on defense, you know, give him a better grade again, just some, you know, the him being a rookie being a factor. Second half of the season, I'd give him... I don't know, maybe this is overly generous given how bad his defense was, but a B plus just because of all the improvements he made on the offensive end of things. So overall, a lot to be excited about. 
and of course, really looking forward to, to seeing how he looks when the Pistons hit the floor in preseason and then in the regular season. Not concerned about Summer League. I feel like Ivy was basically just there to get reps and, you know, looked so great in his first game, looked a little bit better in his second game. It's Summer League. I'm not feeling very concerned about that. So, yeah, just uh, a lot to be excited about going into his sophomore year. So that'll be it for this episode. Of course, Jalen Duran will be next. And uh, then after that, just going to continue, you know, try. I'll certainly just continue to put out uh, content on on a week-by-week basis. I want to be consistent for you folks. So uh, we'll see uh, where that takes us. So as always, folks, want to thank you all for listening. I'll catch you in next week's episode.